Welcome, welcome to episode 15. Still shocks me every time I say the episode number. Today, we're going to go into a little bit more interesting territory. I have a garnacha from Spain wine, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Eastern anatomy. For those who don't know, I'm also a yoga teacher, and when I did my 200-hour training, I really didn't know that much about Eastern anatomy and the chakra system. Chakras are energy centers that are located through your body, and each are associated with a right and kind of a facet of your life. So we're going to dive a little bit into that after, but first, we'll pour a glass. This is a 2019 Garnacha from Spain. It doesn't have an exact region on the bottle, so that's fine. But this is the Cadarce Spanish Grenache. Garnacha is called Grenache in France, but it is typically or traditionally a Spanish varietal. It has a very thin skin, tap, thin skin on the grape, which means that there's lower to medium tannins. There's low acidity levels, and there's usually high sugar levels with a red fruit and spice flavor profile. This is a sun-worshipping variety, which makes sense because you expect high sugar levels in these wines, and high sugar levels translate to high alcohol percentage because alcohol is created when the yeast eats the sugar during fermentation. So, thin-skinned, less tannin, high sugar, high alcohol, likes warm climates. It's originally a Spanish variety, like I said, but now it's planted throughout the Mediterranean and the south of France, and in France they call it Grenache. So, Garnacha and Grenache are the same grape, just different regions. It's very similar to uh, Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris. Same thing, two different locations call it a different thing. But yes, so I personally love a Grenache or a Grenache, Grenache, Grenache. I always use them interchangeably, so apologies. I have found that they're really good value wines because they tend to not be too expensive since they're not one of the principal grape varieties, um, but they can have excellent flavor profiles. So let's try this one. Again, you would expect lower acidity levels, lower tannin levels, a fair you know, medium body, and then red fruit. So let's see what I get. Oh, it definitely smells like raspberries. Yeah, you can taste the sweetness. There is a structure to it, but my two front teeth aren't tingling. Fun fact, your two front teeth can be called your tannin testers. So when you swirl the wine around your mouth, be sure to swirl it over your front of your teeth. And that will help with seeing if that area tingles. That tells you like how tannic 
a wine is. A high tannin wine will tingle a lot. A low tannin wine, there'll be no tingle. But this has a complexity to it and structure that's really pretty. I definitely get those raspberries on the mouth as well, in my mouth as well as on the nose. Get some strawberry. Yeah, this would be really great with some cheese, beef. It's kind of a it's a very versatile wine, so it's great for food and wine pairings because it's not going to overpower what's on your plate. And then because it has less of that tannin, more sweetness, it can balance out some of the flavors a little bit better. But I, I like this. I'm going to keep drinking it as we dive a little into the Eastern anatomy system. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is that the first chakra, your root chakra, which is located at your pelvic floor, it's all grounded in your right to live and to exist. And it's something that from immediately when I got Pino, I could tell she wasn't confident in her right to being there. She wasn't confident. And that comes from uncertainty in adolescence and for her she was abandoned in a park and we don't know how long she was there so she had to fend for herself she didn't have a loving warm nurturing environment until she came to me and you can tell from that you know she lacked a lot of confidence she's still a little skittish to this day and we work through it and every day it's my job to teach her that she does deserve to be there and the reason I probably noticed this is what I got. I got her right after I finished my training. So the timing aligned, I know, but you can see it in the way that she acts. So the first chakra, it's called the Muladhara chakra, associated with the right to be here and to have. So this is the central issue of the chakra is around survival and self-preservation, which her survival and self-preservation fell on her when it should have been falling on someone else, another dog, another human. And in the chakra world, this is presented either as an excess or a deficiency. So an excess is that you have too much energy coming in and a deficiency is that you have restricted or useless energy and it's just used as a guide so looking at pino whatever the amount of time that she spent alone abandoned was a pivotal developmental phase for her she was not provided food shelter and other basic needs that it's expected to be provided at this stage of life where you cannot fend for yourself So, how does this present? When she, when I first got her, any water source, she would consume. It didn't matter that I had a water bowl out for her at home if there was wet grass, if there was a puddle. And yes, some of that has to do with puppy curiosity and wanting to taste everything, but this lasted for months. And if you're a pet owner, you know you don't want your pet licking random water sources because that's how they get parasites. So, it made me nervous. (laughs) And it made me very nervous that she might have, like, a kidney disease or something else, but she didn't. She's medically fine. And specifically with this licking the grass and water sourcing, 
I did a bunch of research and I found a bunch of other people who had rescue dogs that were witnessing this. And the hypothesis was that when a puppy has experienced not having water when they desperately needed it for an extended period of time, they'll drink whenever they can. That they're fearful that they won't have this basic human well, dog, I guess canine and this resource available to them. So she might have been, you know, running around, getting her sensory glands extra wet so she can absorb even more smells. And I really hope that's what it was and that I read into it. But that was also a good thing. She also went through a lot of resource guarding at the beginning, particularly around her bowl and her food. And a lot of people have their opinions on resource guarding and how to work with it. I'm not a dog trainer, so I'm not going to give a recommendation, but I know that Pino was not aggressive until there was that food resource around. And we did. We worked with professional trainers and ultimately the training helped. There's no doubt that the training helped, but I think what really helped was just time and being proven that she was always going to be provided her meals and even if somebody was around her when she was eating or maybe accidentally bumped her when they walked by her when she had a chew or something that they weren't taking away that resource. That her meal was her meal. And the last thing that really stood out to me, which broke my heart, was at the beginning when we would leave for a walk she would cry and whine until the house was out of view and then we would walk around and she would have fun sniffing and everything and then she would get ecstatic when she saw our house again like over the moon happy it was like she didn't expect to return to this place it happened with car rides too And just a light would flip in her brain when she saw the house again, when she saw we were coming back. So I took a lot of this to heart, especially because I had just finished my training. And maybe it sounds a little silly to you, but regardless of my recency bias, it helped me take another lens at looking at her behavior. She wasn't an aggressive dog. She wasn't untrainable. This wasn't just genetics. It made me ask, how do I prove to her that she deserves to be here? She will be cared for and she will be provided for. And a lot of that was time intentional training, you know, doing activities where you trade her chew for some peanut butter and you give her back her chew and kind of the basics of some resource guarding that you can find on YouTube. But if you are dealing with resource guarding, hire a trainer. Hire a trainer. But I do think that at the beginning, taking in how her life started And not dismissing it just because she was under three months old made us closer. 
you know, instead of pulling her away from that damp grass because it might have some sketchy bacteria, I make sure that she always has access to clean water. Or I'd bring a little doggy water bowl on our walks and if it looked like she was thirsty, I would put some water in that bowl and be like, drink the clean water. Instead of just writing off her resource guarding as she needs to be fed in a different room or she needs to be fed in her crate always, like, and just warning people for the rest of her life to leave her alone. We worked with a trainer. I taught her that it was her item and that it was okay if somebody touched her Nyla bone or okay if somebody took her chew for a minute because maybe she was on the wrong couch. She would get it back. And instead of dragging her away from the house every time we left, I slowly increased the length of our walks so that she could see that we weren't going that far or we were always, she could always see the house and we'd always go back. And when she stopped crying as much, then we would go for longer and longer walks and car rides. And every time we went back, the next time was a little bit better. So yeah, I know that Eastern philosophy isn't everyone's thing and it doesn't need to be. But it helped me kind of reframe some of behaviors that people would write off as just, oh, she's a puppy. Or, oh, she's a rescue. Of course, she has issues. No. And that's another false statement. Because just because she's a rescue is not the reason that she has issues. You could adopt a buy a puppy from a backyard breeder and they could be genetically messed up. They could be environmentally messed up because that breeder didn't help them socialize properly in those first few months. They could have all the same issues. But I had just finished my training. The timing was correct and framing it this way helped me bond with her. I also just think energy centers and looking at the way that your body stores your experiences is personally fascinating. Not just in the lens of my dog, but in my life and people's life. Understanding that people have different responses to the events that have happened in their life. And they might not even realize that that's what they're responding to. And I digress because this is just a psychological sidetrack that I like and I'm interested in given my certifications and trainings and interests but I found it super helpful to look at her past to help figure out the best way forward in her future and I'm really happy to say that a year later a lot of those behaviors are gone she still doesn't like the car but she doesn't need to like the car walks she loves She's so much better with any guarding. I can fully walk around her. She can be pet when she's training and chewing, which I don't really do because that's just annoying. She doesn't need to be able to be pet. She needs to be able to have people walk around her and her not think that they're coming to take her item, which she doesn't do anymore. And so, yeah, proper training, but also just empathy, I think is really what got us there. And what that's how I chose to look at it and it really helped our experience with that 
I'm going to go drink the rest of my Garnasha, and I hope you guys give it a try. If you haven't heard of this varietal, I bet you they have it in your local in your local grocery store if you're in a state that has wine in grocery stores. I'm still getting used to seeing wine in grocery stores in Arizona. That's not something I grew up with, but it's very convenient. And if you're not in a state like that, they'll have it at your wine store. So definitely go try something new today and maybe look at your pup a little differently too. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, follow, share this with your friends. I have so much fun doing it and I really appreciate all of you. Cheers, everyone. Say goodbye, Pino. Thank <laughs> you.